0: Welcome if you're joining us for the first time or joining us again after a while away or if you're just joining us in this series as we continue um, in a sermon series based on the book of Hosea, uh, which we've themed God's Unrelenting love, Uh, at least that theme stuck in my mind, and um, it's one that I think we're going to find pretty surprising in some respects, especially when we come to encounter this God and encounter something different about his nature and the nature of his love. Personally, I think for me, the, the the surprise there is when you grow up with a notion that you know when it comes to justice, a notion of God's justice that it's 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 definite and um, it when it's when it's given when it's served, that's it. You know, it's it's. It's done, and it's done, and that's. I, I resisted wanting trying to use use this um, use this phrase, but the Nigerians in the house will probably identify with this. You know, somebody tells you, God punish you. <laughs> you know, they do not wish you well at all. They wish you the worst, with no chance of recovery. No chance of redemption whatsoever. I mean, the gestures and everything, go with it. God punish you. And I don't want to do the gestures here. <laughs> but we've been in this series now, and um, we've been reading about God's relationship with Israel, a people who um, are party to a covenant of God, At least going back to Abraham, taking it that that back, that far back. And um, God has been at pains for seeing his unfaithful Israel lost in a condition of spiritual harlotry. You know, they've gone far off the rails. And, you know, having called Israel on this, God has spoken of avenging her harlotry or punishing her harlotry and showing her no mercy. At least my, 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 my notion of God punish you identifies with that. <laughs> and declaring that they're not his people, and he's not their God. It's over, it's finished, it's done. But he's also addressed the consequences of their sin as well, in speaking through Hosea. He's spoken of blocking Israel's way, like I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut off your supplies. All I've provided for you, removing his provision for her and um, laying her bare in the eyes of her lovers to punish her. Talk about cancelling. Yet, we come to the surprising section of this, Pronouncement that God's making and I think we're going to see this again and again in Hosea so with that um, let's prepare our minds uh, to see a different side of God's justice and his love see God's grace at work as I read the text and then we'll pray so today we're going in from verse 14 of um, Hosea chapter 2 and we're reading, uh, I'm just going to read verses 14 to 23. You can read in uh, whatever version you have, I'm going to read, read from the New American Standard Bible. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Then I will give her vineyards from there. And the valley of Achor as a door of hope. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. It will come about in that day, declares the Lord, that you will call me Isha, and will no longer call me Bailey. For I will remove the names of the bells from her mouth, so that they will be mentioned, so that they will be mentioned by their names no more. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds of the sky and the creeping things of the ground. And I will abolish the bowl, the sword and war from the land and will make them lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and in compassion. And I'll betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know the Lord. It will come about in that day that I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the heavens and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond to the grain, to the new wine and to the oil and they will respond to Jezreel. I will sow her for myself in the land. I will also have compassion on her who had not obtained compassion. And I will say to those who were not my people, You are my people. And they will say, you are my God. Heavenly Father, this is your word. It is your word. It's not ours, Lord. Thank you for speaking even through this (laughs) really strong depiction of a servant, Hosea, who you called to marry a, a sex worker, to marry an unfaithful bride, just to convey your message, and I say just, to convey your message of unfaithful Israel's harlotry. But you convey so much more, Lord. And I want to be a vessel to speak what you convey even to us now. So I pray, oh God, please. Um, it may be a jumble in my mind. <laughs> the words may come out just as I struggle to comprehend and, and um, express your intention, but I pray, Lord God, let your word be spoken, let your will be spoken even for this gathering and for all who hear this sermon, Lord, so that your will is what is done, your will is what is spoken. The people will know what to do on the, on the basis of your word that is written for us, for our edification, for our building up, for our encouragement. Lord, so speak to us today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we continue exploring from chapter 2 and verse 14. And at this juncture of the text, following on from the things that God has already spoken he will do and said that he will do, I just read a minute ago in, in, in that introduction, uh, speaking of blocking Israel's way from, from pursuing the Baals because Israel didn't know who she had been living large off of, thinking it was the Baals rather than God. There's that tendency to think of God's punishment as, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to get you. But we see here at this juncture, uh, therefore, and, and we would just following in the text, think, I mean, just logically speaking, we'd, 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 be, we'd be, I reading this, expected this to lead on to further consequences of Israel's waywardness. Rather, we read, therefore behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. <sighs> Hold on. It would help to remind ourselves that this is prophetic text. Okay? This is Hosea speaking to Israel, what God is what God is declaring He's going to do. Okay? The specific time could therefore not necessarily be immediately following dealing with Israel's waywardness in the manner that he's described in the preceding text of blocking her way and laying her bare in the eyes of her lovers to punish her. But the intention is very, very clear what God is looking to do here. And that's what this section emphasizes as we go into it. Reading this comes across like something's wrong. I think I've made that point already. And God's word is that he will allure his unfaithful wife to speak kindly to her. I'm thinking, do you do that? Really? Well, I think... There's a there's, there's, there's couple of examples in scripture for us to see. Um, some characters who've done that. Um, you might remember the story in the book of Judges of this Levite who went after his concubine. He had a concubine who played the harlot. And um, she left home, went back to her father's house, and... This Levite went after her. This was was that story that led to um, war between Israel and the tribe of Benjamin where this this concubine eventually got raped and and killed and the man basically, cut the long story short, sent her body parts to the 12 tribes of Israel to let them know, hey, look what's happened to my bride or to my concubine. But this guy in trying to restore relationship with his concubine, went after her, went all the way to, his, to her father's home to speak kindly to her, to encourage her to come back home, come back, you know? This is like God's speaking chat lines to Israel, to let Israel understand, I love you, I care about you, Boaz, also another character in scripture, spoke kindly to Ruth when he noticed her. I see you're different from the other women. I see you work diligently and you're not even one of us. You know, and she comes back and acknowledges, ah, if I found favor in your eyes, concealing how you speak kindly to me. But God's intention is clear. He would bring... He would speak kindly to Israel to bring her to the wilderness, to himself. Another picture again for Israel to um, recognize, reminding us of God bringing Israel out of Egypt. Remember Israel had been in in Egypt, all the the tribes, all of the descendants of Jacob, the 12 sons grew into a mighty nation, where in Egypt serving as slaves for hundreds of years. But God brought them out with a great deliverance. Plagues and all. Defeated the armies of, of Egypt. And this reminding us that God bringing them to himself uh, is... Bringing them to a place where they would learn to depend on God. He says that he would speak kindly to her and bring her to the wilderness and give her vineyards from there. They would learn to depend and see God's provision, depend on God for shade, for warmth, just like it was in the wilderness. A cloud. Follow them in the desert as Israel made its journey through a desert, having come out of Egypt, a cloud to provide shade in the daytime, and a pillar of fire by night for warmth. They learned to trust in God for water, even for food, manna falling, or provided, where they had to pick that up, every single day at a time, not too much for more than a day so in speaking like this to israel god's really truly speaking to this beloved people in kindness in kind words to remind them of what it was like when they first when he first made them his own. And he says, I'll give her vineyards from there and the valley of Acre as a door of hope. In this, God is speaking again, reminding them, reminding Israel and showing another picture of where one man talking about the valley of Achor. This is a reference to um, journeys in Israel's, in, in the exodus of the children of Israel through the wilderness, where one man, Achan, brought trouble on all of Israel, causing them to fall and run before what we could call an insignificant or small enemy. But all of Israel found trouble, and um, many died as punishment for disobeying God, one man's disobedience. But God is talking here, giving them Valley of Achor as a door of hope. At that time, what happened was this one man, Achan, who brought trouble on Israel at the battle of Ai, had taken and brought and disobeyed God, taken a forbidden item, gold, on some rug, into his tent as treasure, a spoils of battle, where God had specifically instructed there be no such. They just basically utterly destroy their their enemy, and the people couldn't move forward in battle. Couldn't even win a small battle, but God had. Um, Joshua realized, listen son, don't cry out to me about this battle. Don't cry out to me about being defeated here. There is sin in the camp and this needs to be removed. So in pointing this out to um, Israel, in speaking in this manner to Israel, God is saying, hey, the valley of Achor as a door of hope... Yes, there'll be, there will be opportunity to remove and deal with sin from among you, thus giving you also hope. God speaks of hope for Israel, even though Israel is punished now. Or even though God has spoken, rather, of punishment for Israel, the punishment won't be forever. It won't be forever. Moving on to verse 15. She will sing as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. My God, what joy to see. They're chased, pursued by armies. These are people who are traveling without even any arms or weapons able to defend themselves only to find that the enemy who is pursuing them is drowned by the seas by the Red Sea, and as soon as they saw that victory, my God, they rose up in song, praising God. Moses and Israel indeed sang at the mighty works of God, delivering them out of Egypt and from the Egyptian armies also. She will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came out from the land of Egypt. So there is plenty hope that God is indeed giving for The people for for Israel in speaking all these things to her, and in a sense, as we look at this, we just think and wonder. I stopped, and this is the surprising bit I want to just emphasize again. It all seems unjust and wrong for God to do this, Forgot to deal so kindly with Israel when we think only in the immediate context of Israel's waywardness and Israel's worship and pursuit after the Baals. I mean, it's almost like asking, like Abraham, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? But then just reading from this point, there's some answers that we need to, there's some questions that we need to answer. And um, God helps us in answering those questions as we pay attention to um, some things about this text. So, let me highlight a few things that Um, God really focuses on uh, in this section. In that day, remember, I've talked about this being, uh, we're looking at prophetic literature, we're looking at God talking about a future for Israel. He has already talked about their sin. He's highlighted that, he's called them on it. He's talked about the consequences of it. And now, in talking about uh, god is going on to talk about a future for israel it's vital uh, i'm just going to i'll mention this some more when we come to applying this but it's vital to bear in mind the nature of god here even though he highlights the infraction the wrong that's been done he's hurt and he expresses it and he talks about the penalties that he will inflict. It's vital to not miss this, that he also leaves the door open for a future relationship here. And it's worth noting that. So, um, he speaks of, in, speak, in that day, we see that come about or mentioned... A few times in a couple of verses verse 16 in that day you shall call me husband and shall not call me Lord a change of relationship here in that day I will make a covenant for them verse 18 in that day I will also make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field the birds of the sky and the creeping things of the ground, and I will abolish the bow, the sword, and the wall from the land. And I will make them lie down in safety. Um, and verse 21, in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord. It will come about in that day that I will respond, declares the Lord. Let's look at the first one. You shall call me husband and shall no longer call me master. You will call me husband. What type of a relationship do you and I have with God? Is it an intimate relationship? Do we just know God as master? You know, I earlier talked about God punish you being that 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 impression and image that we have of God as just being a merciless punisher, a lord, a master. You can't expect to have, it's just a job, get the job done. That's the kind of relationship it is and it stops there, draw the line. Didn't come to work to make friends. (laughs) You know, But God is saying, you shall call me husband and shall no no longer call me master. Things had come come to a place where, I mean, just to add a bit of, um, or just to draw from from some of the things Pastor Rich mentioned last week, for Israel, relationship with God, it's not like there was an absence of worshipping God, but it was just... God and others and so many others. So that worshipping God become like a chore, a task. Like, come on. Oh, it's time to go, to the, to go serve again. Oh. To the point where the, 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 the priests even of God would, as the people came to offer their sacrifices, would make a fuss about, listen... I want my portion, my cut of prime rib before we make the offering. Like, come on, this is for God here, not for you. But this, was, this is what God's looking. You shall call me husband. There's a degree of intimacy that God is saying, will he sees between himself and Israel? So I ask the question, do I just know about God? Talking about us. Like we all know Boris Johnson and Elon Musk. And they probably don't know anyone here. (laughs) Or is it like I know Missy. And I'm working to know her even more. My wife. Is Jesus the one by extension that we put personal trust in for salvation is it, or is he just a name that we've heard? There's people who use the name of Jesus as a swear word. Right? People look like, did you just say that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and, but they don't know the, they don't know the Lord. If you're like some folks, I know when it comes to dealing with, you know, these kinds of things, it's like, uh, listen, just leave that Jesus stuff. We don't have a relationship with the Lord. But here the Lord is talking about an intimate relationship that he sees between himself and Israel. And he sees that in his relationship with them going forward. When that forward is, um, it's the, the point is that he got, God is seeing that that possibility for that relationship with Israel, and such is the way God speaks of the relationship that He will have with them. It shall be intimate. Israel shall know God, and then He says in verse eighteen, "In that day, I will make a covenant for them." I will make a covenant for them with uh, the beasts of the field, the birds of the sky, and all the other things he mentions there, to make them lie down safely. (laughs) This brings back pictures that we see in Isaiah of the reign of Jesus Christ. If we just turn there briefly in Isaiah chapter 11 and verses uh, 6 to 9, let me quickly read that. You can turn with me your Bibles. Um, and the context of it, I mean, quickly tells us, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, a branch, a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And um, talking about that, describing the the government and the reign of this one describes the situation where the wolf also shall dwell from verse 6 with the lamb. Possible? Wolf, lamb? I mean, who's who's having who for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. I mean, there's plenty of on TikTok. Of you know, young goats escaping from or these things trying to escape from from being some, some leopard's lunch. <laughs> you know, the calf and the young lion. These are odd, odd combinations, as far as we can tell and see now. Okay? The cow and the bear shall graze, the young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like ox. I mean, I've seen some TikTok videos where you see this mean-looking, I mean, I, huskies, they scare me when I see their eyes, but you see this mean-looking husky looking at this little kitty cat, like, and I'm thinking, what is he going to eat that thing? <laughs> but the, in the reign of Jesus Christ, like we just read in Isaiah, the... Picture God is uh, is speaking of is of of safety, peace, calm, and bringing that into His relationship with Israel. He says He will make a covenant for them. It's not for anything that they will do. By the way, we don't see God talking about them doing anything to make for Him to bring this about. Um, Resist the temptation right now to, you know, to just switch or swipe left or right, you know, for, for, for a response to anything of lesser significance than that which God speaks right now of his relationship with Israel. And uh, the thing here is, to bear in mind, is a time, this is a time to have a true hope because... Jesus lives to make it happen. I'm just beginning to if you like spread this and let this diffuse into our time now and how this really relates to and applies to us. In that day as well I will hear says the Lord the third mention of in that day verse 21. It will come about in that day that I will respond the New American says. I think the Revised Standard Version says I will answer declares the Lord I will respond to the heavens and they will respond to the earth and they shall answer the earth and the earth shall answer the corn the wine the oil and they shall answer Jezreel this is when we go back to the the previous section in Hosea where the Lord talked about blocking Israel's way, cutting off her wine, cutting off, you know, uh, her wool, and cutting off his provision for her. This is like a complete 180 degree reversal. Like... Again, and to be honest, it's surprising. It is surprising when you, when you have both God talking about punishing Israel and God talking about a future with Israel in the same, in the same word, in the same literary context at least. And I'm not trying to put any separation between it. Because it is still God who is speaking both of these things. And he's not confused. He's sure what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. And he means what he's talking about. And he will bring it to come to pass. In this case, um, hearing, answering. This is essentially... um, God assuring and speaking of basically all things working as he has ordained. Everything that God has put in place will thrive and work in that day. God knows indeed the position of our hearts and right where we are now, but... Um, In this word as well, he speaks to Israel. He knows their waywardness. He knows their harlotry. But having spoken comfort and having spoken kindly to allure and bring her back to remember the, the early days, what it was like when it was just them. intimately involved with each other he comes on to say and I, let me highlight this verse 19 and verse 20 i will betroth you to me forever what you betroth this unfaithful unfaithful israel to yourself god seriously Hmm. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, verse 19. Verse 20, I'll betroth you to me again. And um, three times he mentions this. Basically affirming is not, listen, God's looking to get engaged with Israel, if, if we want to call it, put it in modern terms, I will engage you to me forever. I'm not going to call it off. I'm not going to find some fault and say, eh, yeah, but uh, it didn't, didn't quite work out. I found, yeah, there were, there, were, there were personal reasons, you know. We were just incompatible. <laughs> I will engage you to me in righteousness, in judgment, in loving kindness. God knows exactly what Israel is like. He knows their heart. He knows their nature. He knows their waywardness. He knows they will err, they will stray, but I will betroth you to me forever and he's doing this with the intention of matrimony. It's forever, it's continuous, it's perpetual. Do I need to emphasize this? Seems like an ancient idea in our time because, and I mean it is an ancient idea actually if we allow the play on words. It's meant to last forever. That's the intention. God ain't going to go and just fill out a form online and pay the fee and wait for the date when it becomes effective that it's no longer, he's no longer engaged anymore or no longer married anymore. He's, He's not buying what we find even here now in the UK. It's so easy to just get and break off A relationship such as even marriage. But he's doing this all of his own will. So, though Israel is sinful now, God is merciful and um, unrelenting in his love for Israel. Despite her disloyalty, he remains keen to woo her back even though he punishes her sin. This also is, I mean, a shadow of God's new covenant that takes away sin. Showing his love and justice worked out in the new covenant whose requirements are met by Jesus Christ. We... So what, what do we see and what can we gain from all this i mean how do we apply this he's saying that he will sow her to himself i'll come back to this verse again verse 23 he will sow her to himself in the land he'll have compassion on her who had not obtained compassion and he will say to those who were not my people you are my people and they will say you are my god Um, In terms of application, can we try, can we, I think about the um, prodigal, not not the prodigal son, the prodigal son's elder brother, can we try and not stay upset by the mercy and the love of God? I mean, if if God chooses to show mercy to me and you, praise God, we're thankful for that. It's, It's good. If he chooses to show mercy to those we think don't deserve God's loving kindness, let's imitate him and do so as well. Is there anyone we... We've condemned as guilty, or on whom we'd say, Punish you. <laughs> if God punished us the way we would others, is there any hope for us? Let's join God in making the appeal, you know, like ambassadors, for men to be reconciled to God. Let's go out of our way and woo those who just want to be wayward and have decided, you know, rebel. And wear it proudly, whether in whatever fashion. (laughs) And um, still going on to application. Who's in trouble? Who is in trouble right now? And I'm convinced that yes, now God's got your attention. You're, you're 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 suffering the consequences of your own handwork. How about preaching the love and the justice? Not just the justice, but the justice and the love of God, both, and helping such ones to show where both meet in the gospel and in the person of Jesus Christ. We may have people saying my life's a wreck now, you know, and God won't hear me now. Because I've ignored him so badly. There's no there's no hope for me. Let's as, you know, the writer of Hebrews says, encourage one another as long as it is called today. So that No one like that is hardened because of the deceitfulness of sin. Sin would have us believe that we're pasted into a corner, you know, and all God's red dot lasers are are pinned on us. He's got us in his crosshairs. If we move, make another move, things are just going to get absolutely worse with no hope of redemption. We can reach out and and express and extend the love and the mercy of God, seeking to reconcile such to God. It may feel like um, talking about intimacy, growing in intimacy in relationship with God, such as he holds out for Israel. It may feel like relationship we can imagine possible with God, is one, the only thing we can imagine is one of a servant to a master. (laughs) Um, And I may think I've been such a bad person, I'm just happy to serve, to just serve God for life. And that's the only kind of relationship I want to have. I'm just going to give myself to serving him in the hope that that makes a difference. God will be pleased with my service. Can I say something, I was going to say, don't shortchange yourself. No, we're not, we're not contributing anything into this. <laughs> don't short yourself on God's plan for you. This is the day of salvation because Jesus lived a perfect life. God credits those who believe and trust Personally, in what, God's, what Jesus has done, God credits us with his righteousness. It's like we lived the perfect life that Jesus lived because we trust in him. God credits his righteousness to us because we trust in Jesus Christ. Our works won't get it for us. So let's not shortchange ourselves to think we only want to be a servant in God's house, as in just doing physical things around the house of God. There's more, a relationship, a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Or a personal, intimate relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. If you're feeling so bad that, man, there can't be anything good for me. Jesus Jesus also has taken away our sin. Dying the death we deserve on the cross. We can call Jesus our Lord. We can call God our Father. I mean, there's an old book this just reminds me of. I dare to call him Father. Mm. Um, Going on in terms of applying this. Yeah. Um, In his reign, in the reign of Jesus Christ, all these things will be fulfilled. He lives to make it possible. Um, Why stress out like there's never going to be such reign as the reign of Christ? (sighs) I think there was local elections last week. I don't know. There's presidential elections in Nigeria next, next year, 2023. I don't know where else there's elections, but we can put our hopes in men. And if you've lived long enough, <laughs> I, can see the, I can see some eyes rolling and faces like, Whoa. they won't deliver, <laughs> they will not deliver. They will not deliver, they will not deliver. I mean, we're talking about, um, what's it now? Removing the price cap on, on, energy, on energy. And <laughs> I guess we ain't, we ain't got guns to point at Boris, but <laughs> some people, if they got a chance, will throw eggs at him. <laughs> Blame the man for it. He can't deliver. Why stress about this? When there is a Lord of all creation, Who indeed (laughs) says, I will hear, I will answer, I will hear the heavens, and they shall answer the earth, and the earth shall answer the corn and the wine and the oil, basically signifying he has all things in his hand. Let's encourage one another with these words. We, even here, can give the world a taste of it, even though (laughs) the world may not want to hear that or even know it, you know. But everything God has established and put in place shall thrive indeed. Um, And then, talking about betrothing betrothing, betrothing Israel to himself... It, this takes me and takes us to the word that speaks of marriage being a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. Hosea and Gomer, Christ and the church. Wow, we're in a, we're in a really, really privileged position to be in such relationship with Christ But even practically, bring it down to a practical level. Uh, If I may extend it this far, husbands love your wives. Another demonstration, just like Hosea and Gomorrah. Husbands love your wives. You think she's hard to live with? (laughs) You'd be gracious seeing how God is loving and just. Or is it just and loving toward Israel as he calls Hosea to depict his love? I mean, talk about a difficult relationship. And yet God loves us and shows us his grace in uh, the church. In, in reversal, at the end, we, we read of um, talking about application of the last verse here. I will sow her for myself in the land. I will also have compassion on her. And the things that God spoke about. He spoke of Jezreel. He spoke of those things responding to Jezreel. The, the, the name Jezreel means God sows. Jezreel was first spoken of as God's plan, was spoken of as God's plan for justice over the slaughter of, uh, 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 over the bloodshed in Israel and his departure from God. But now God speaks of sowing a people, Israel, to himself in the earth. He will have mercy as well on those who had not obtained mercy. And for those who were not his people, he says, you are my people. And he says, you are, they will say you are my God, those people as well. This really, um, in First Peter chapter 2, we see this word addressed to us particularly as the church, God's people. I'll just quickly turn there, read the passage and as we conclude. One second. Yeah, first Peter chapter 2. And verse 9 and 10. I'll read that. Peter is addressing believers like you and I and addresses these believers saying, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, First Peter chapter 2. Um, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, verses 9 and 10. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Reading about these things, we can we can easily um, identify ourselves as far removed from these covenants, from these people, from Israel. I don't know what their passport looks like. I don't have one. <laughs> I've never been there. I <laughs> actually have a cousin who, who lives there. But he doesn't claim to be part of their covenant. And But we hear God speaking of a future for Israel. And by extension we see... Peter even bring these words I just read to us as well. Who are you? Um, and how far removed do you think you are from God's love? How much of a relationship do you suppose you can have with this God? And indeed, how bad do you think it is that the love of God cannot reach? That the unrelenting love of God cannot reach? Consider this God who says he will have compassion on her who had not obtained compassion. Consider this God who says, he will say to the people who were not his people, you are my people. And hey, I pray that our response all together shall be that you are my God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love that is unrelenting. It's surprising, Lord, just thinking how <sighs> we could never think of any future for anyone who you, who you punished, who you cut off. It's over. Curtains. Let's move on. Something new. But we learn from you, O oh God, that you show compassion, that you extend grace, that indeed you still, while it is called today, hold out hope of salvation. And so I pray, Lord, that as many of us are listening to your word today and even reading from your word today, we will see, O oh God, that you hold out hope of salvation. A permanent, intimate, forever relationship where you bring us to yourself. Lord, please don't let this truth be lost. Don't let this truth be missed. Don't let it be misunderstood. Let it fall on good ground. And indeed, let the hearts that received this answer, answer to your word, because you're sowing a people who you will bring to yourself. Father, please, please let this word not go unheard today, but let it indeed bring a people who will say to you, You are my God, even where. They were not your people. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.